Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Comics Pals Image Reviews. I'm your host, Sean, joined by Kale. It's me. And Marco. Uh, it's also me. Wow. And I'm also me. Oh, thank God. <laughs> We're here to talk today about two of Image's biggest releases this week. First up is What's the Furthest Place from Here? The new book, the biggest book of all time that we just can't stop hearing about uh, by Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg and Hassan Osman el Howe. Uh, and then we're also going to be talking about uh, Righteous Thirst for Vengeance, number two, by Rick Remender and Andra- Andre Lima Arujo um, with Chris O'Halloran and Russ Wooten. Image Comics provides us with their books every single week early so that we can put these reviews out for you guys day and date. We're very grateful for that. Hopefully you guys enjoy what we do over here. If you do, a great way to support us is to leave us a follow, a rating, and a review wherever you listen to this podcast. YouTube.com slash The Comics Pals if you want to subscribe to our channel, which we recommend because there's lots of cool content over there, including our interviews from New York Comic Con, one of which from a couple of years back is with one Matthew Rosenberg himself. So go check that out. Hmm. Listen to our review of the Eternals film, the book club as well, the Neil Gaiman Jr. Jr. Uh, run that they did. And check out our main show, The Comics Pals, where if you leave comments here, you will get a response on that show. Uh, we do that. It drops every single Monday where you can hear us talk about the characters that you love and all the places you can find them. With that out of the way, let's talk about what's the furthest place from here. That's the longest title for a comic book that I've ever seen. Well, we only find them when they're dead is also super long. And I feel like we're just in this age of long comic book names. Um but uh, yeah, much touted, highly, highly hyped book uh, from a creative team that has done some things that people have really loved. Tyler Boss and Matthew Rosenberg, uh, four kids walk into a bank fame. Yep. Um, I'm on record as not having loved that book. I thought it was okay. Um, so I wasn't sure what to expect coming into this. I really like Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss separately. But together, I haven't necessarily loved what I've read. I like this. I think I did. I found it kind of annoying. Hmm. It felt a little, yeah, I didn't dislike it. I don't know that I was hooked. Uh, I think hmm. uh, it, it all sounds like we're coming in a little hesitant to it. Like, not, I, I didn't, wasn't sure what to make of it, even in this first issue and it was a longer size issue and i still it wasn't like i don't know that i get what's going on necessarily am i interested mm, i'm not sure i'm not sure yet yeah so i think that the, the the actual content of the book is all done very competently like both of these are creators who are very very good at what they do and clearly for their audience, when they come together, it's magical, right? Like people really, really love their collaborations. Mm-hmm. So um, it's hard to argue with that. I and, and, and even the premise is interesting. Like, you know, these kids are basically like living in a post-apocalyptic world where only kids basically live there. And then once you age out of that, you got to go somewhere else. Um, that's yeah. all we kind of know for now. Mm-hmm. And that's that's compelling. Um, and then there's go ahead. Were the the people in the suits and ties were they not adults? 
I thought there were other kids as well. There are other kids. The adults are the uh, the, the weird people. Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay. I thought they were other adults. Okay. Yeah. These are all like different factions of children. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um, which again, I liked it kind of, it, it kind of reminds me of like, uh, what's that movie called where they, it's, it takes place in like New York, Coney Island. Lost Boys? On, no, the Warriors. The Warriors. The yeah. Warriors. It kind of reminded me of the Warriors, which yeah. I think is pretty cool. It's a cool That's vibe. Cool. Um, and there's like a whole musical element to the book as well. Uh, for those of you who are unfamiliar, they're like really trying to make sure that they hammer home that you know music is is like directly connected to the experience of of youth um and so you know the main group of kids they their home base or whatever is like in a record store or something like that mm-hmm. um and so you know they're, they're even they're selling music alongside this they have bands that are putting together an album mm. uh for this comic book which is amazing i love that as, as oh, a concept that's cool yeah did the musicalness of it come through for you in this no yeah me either and that's one of the things that i was like i wasn't so clear about with this first issue like what musically what are we supposed to get out of this do you need the album in order for it to work because i yeah i didn't listen to this with music uh going on which is abnormal for me but i just didn't um, but I didn't get any musical element out of this, really. You need a specific soundtrack to connect it. Like, I don't think it needs it, but, yeah. you know, uh, the end commentary, the, you know, the uh, the uh, uh, interview at the very end, they make this big deal about it. But I read that and went, I don't get it. Mm. Like, I get the connection to music and youth and stuff like that. That makes sense. I'm not completely heartless. I was young once a long time ago, but <laughs> eternally ago. But yeah. this um this this book didn't connect to me that way. When when I think of inputting music into a comic, um I I usually think of um Alesh Kot and he did a book called Material where he has footnotes that will be like as you're reading this page, play this song at this moment, at this, like, like there's a, there's a deeper integration, like an actual mechanical integration yeah. into what it is versus just like an allusion to the albums and the, the artists that are referenced here. Mm. Ron V's um, doing something like that too, isn't he? Well, Blue yeah. and Green, the, the, the trade. Yeah. Well, he has a new, he has a new one that's coming out from Boom, I think. Uh, he has a new book coming out that's going to be like directly tied to. He's going to have a track list and like yeah, he's going right. to yeah. put stuff together. That's cool. I I think that there is an integration between music and comics. There's a lot of cross pollination in terms of audiences and things like that. And I th- I think all that's true. Um, but just evaluating like the musicality of the book that didn't come across. Um, yeah. And it's just issue one, so we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um. But I, I guess for me, I wanted to connect to the characters, but there were so many that we were introduced to up front. And like, obviously, you have to introduce the concept, the world, all this stuff at the same time that it was a little difficult to connect to any one thing. And this is an over an oversized issue. Mm-hmm. Um, it's got a lot of pages to it, but um, I didn't think it was quite enough for me to kind of jump in on all these characters up front. I think I like Sid. 
the uh, I believe that's the name of the pregnant girl. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yep. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. And so her, I liked. She was fine. Yeah, yeah, I didn't particularly feel connected to really anyone. I found um, Alabama. Mm-hmm. I found her to be kind of an annoying asshole. <sighs> and everybody else just felt kind of helpless. They're just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. It, the, the, I don't think anybody like popped. I, it doesn't feel like anybody here is going to be, a, at least as it stands outside of Sid, is going to be like our main POV or driving character. Yeah. She's the one that got away and is presumably going someplace and on, on whatever mission. So um, I'm sure we'll bounce between her and then back to the ensemble, maybe trying to like rescue her. Mm-hmm. But otherwise, like e- even within that, nobody is like, oh, this is the leader or this is this character. Or, this is that character. You just there. There wasn't a lot given. What did you guys think about the chapter break strategy? That's the thing I found the most annoying mm. um, yeah. because it felt unnecessary. Yeah. Especially like the way it's used, like every couple of pages is a chapter break. It's like, okay, well, what is this accomplishing? And yeah. you're using that real estate. You're essentially getting rid of seven pages. Yeah. I'm generally not a fan of chapter breaks. I don't feel like they add a lot to comics. I think I have read some where it worked out, Mm. but as a rule, as a concept, I'm not that interested in it. Uh, I don't know if they were maybe trying to do it like, you know, how an album has different songs, you know, that are separated by, Mm. you know, those breaks. Maybe they were going for that. Um, I could see that. But it does feel like to Marco's point, you know, this is an issue one where I would have loved to have spent a little bit more time with pretty much anybody. And when you give away those pages for those chapter breaks, it's hard for me not to think, well, you could have used this real estate a little bit better. Yeah, agreed. Um, But even with all that said, I don't want to like down, like talk down about the book. Like I still it's weird because even though we're saying all these things, I still had a like a fine time reading it like i don't think as i said at the top i think it was very competently made yeah yeah it it definitely had enough that if i had this collected i i certainly wouldn't stop right Mm, okay i'm i'm like it's not blowing me away i'm gonna pick it up you know single issues or whatever but you know based on the creator's pedigree i know that eventually it probably will go to something i like there's momentum here and i can i think i can feel that but there there isn't something that will that feels like it'll bring me back to want to join back into that momentum like that groove i you know he has something going here and i feel like this would have been this introduction i think had it been yeah, like a bit longer had we been reading two issues or this was maybe even like a, a James Heron ultra mega 60 page situation. And, you know, we really like got into a, a, a groove on this and then I would have probably enjoyed it a bit more. But where it ends, what we get from these characters, uh, it's not immediately enticing. It's still intriguing because I'm, I'm interested in like the world looks cool, but I don't know, I, I, I would have liked that train of thought to continue. Mm. 
I think that's that's a good point. Like I'm not it's I'm not I'm not sure that I'm so invested that, you know, the cliffhanger is making me need to come back for more. Hmm. Um, if there had been more pages, I would have been happy to read them. But, you know, now I got to wait till next month and, you know, stuff like that. I'm like, you know, do I do I want to? And I think I do. I think I do um, probably more for the promise of good and, and things improving because of the creative team, mm-hmm. um, which is probably similar to how I feel about the next book that we're going to talk about. But, you know, yeah. they're they're both so good, Matthew Rosenberg and Tyler Boss, that whatever I think about this first issue, because I don't think it's bad. Right. So if I think it's even even solid, then it's probably worth reading the next one, because likely it will improve as we go forward. So I'm giving the creative team a lot of grace because they've earned it as creators. So um, I I do want to point out some things that I liked. Uh, One of the things that I really liked is it's a small, you know, nothing moment, but um, there's a scene where two characters are speaking and there's like a whole drama unfolding in front of them. That's, that's like, that was cool. Yeah. You know, this couple kissing and um, then this other dude's throwing up like people that are not a part of the conversation at all are just having other things happening. I thought that was really cool and funny. Um, That's something that that boss does in um, Dead Dog, Dead Dogs Bite, mm. which is his previous uh, the previous series that he he did before this. Yeah. Um, and he he's been experimenting with some of that, like simultaneous action so it's cool to see it executed here and and, and work in a pretty effective way like i'm glad i'm, I'm glad that you like had called that out because that's something he's been he's been doing and and okay and in that most recent book yeah that was pretty cool there then there was also a a scene where uh sid and the kid with the mohawk whose name i can't recall at the moment um they're having a conversation and then the the, the, the camera perspective changes yeah to over the over top Mm. i thought that was that was pretty cool moment um you don't see that too too much in comics so i really like that um in this book anyway i don't remember if it was for the other one tyler boss's style feels very um uh like the is it the hernandez brothers the Love and Rockets guys. Mm, okay, yeah, yes, yes. Hmm. Um, I think it, like like that alt comics look, like yeah. particularly I think yeah. in the in the inking. Um, yeah, trend. real thick inks, kind of um, sort of minimalist character features, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of the places where I saw it the most was on this page. Uh, what is this page fifty four, um, where Alabama is yelling at at Oberon, and like in the bottom, he's over here, and he just has like these inks about his legs and his pants, and for some reason that that reminded me of um, just like some uh, like underground sort of stylings. Yeah. The other thing, solid. The other thing I wanted to point out was the lettering, actually, which you know a lot of times I feel like let you only notice when lettering is bad because good lettering kind of falls you know falls into the background but i think this was a book where the good the good lettering was actually a part of the story and and kind of came into the foreground um because 
there were some there were some cool moments like when characters would to express a character speaking over another uh o'halloran would um not o'halloran sorry uh el how would um put a dialogue bubble over another yeah mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. god he's which, a tremendous letterer yeah he's so really fucking good. good and other comics have have obviously used that but i thought it was particularly effective in this one and um i just think that that's a way to add character to a book when mm-hmm. you can do something interesting with the lettering and i sorry go ahead. i also think it it sort of adds an order yeah like a reading order that i think is really uh effective yeah one one of the things he does with like sound effects is if you turn that that same moment that you called out sean um there's a a moment where somebody's knocking on the door and you Mm. see two consistent like knock 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 and then uh once like you get the gist of it the third one comes but it's only on the door and it's out of the way and because you're like this is still going on in the background but this is the conversation that's happening at the moment and yeah. it's been placed there so it's not like you so you know it's still going on but it's mm. not like the focus or it's not you're not calling as much attention to it and that was a right. cool way yeah. to distinguish it it's on page uh 16. Yeah, yeah completely agreed um so again like everybody who has a job in this book did their job well and so what can you really say to that like we just we just need more i think I think I, I think I just need more. I would say pull it um, with the consideration that I'm, I'm investing in the creative team and their strengths more than what is actually presented in the first issue. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Are you, you going to stay and you're sticking around for that? Yeah, I'm, a, I'm definitely going to read the second um, because I think uh, it'll probably get better. And that'll that'll give me a better idea of what I think about the series, is how the second issue goes. How about you? Um, I don't know. I I don't think I've read anything else of Matthew Rosenberg's outside of Four Kids Walking to a Bank and maybe like some random X Men issues here or there. And he he's not a writer that like I have to pick up or like really lights up lights a fire for me. So I, I might wait for the, the buzz on this one, see what you say or something, and, and see if it's worth picking up. I think that's reasonable. I definitely think that's reasonable. Let's talk about a book that uh, Kale and I had very similar feelings about uh, the first time we reviewed it uh, with issue one, which was A, right, a Righteous Thirst for Vengeance. Let's talk about issue two. Again, uh, Rick Remender, Andre Lima Arujo, um, Chris O'Halloran, and Russ Wooten. Uh, that's the creative team on this one. It picks up hours later, as the first panel tells us, uh, from where issue one left off, where our main character has kind of realized, like, oh, shoot, <laughs> the killer was, um, you know, someone I saw. Like, I ran into this dude. Mm-hmm. Um, so so now he's, like, back at his house and stuff and, um, you know, just trying to figure out you know what what's all what all is going on um it features probably the same amount of dialogue as the first issue that is to say very 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 little mm-hmm. and so you're really relying on the um the art to tell the story here for the most part which is fine i am still not really that connected i'm struggling here 
Yeah, yeah. I, um, I, I, so I listened to the review that you guys did before I actually read the first issue. No. And so um, when I did end up reading it, I, I, I agreed with a lot in terms of the way that the art carries the story and there's a lot of sparse uh, like actual dialogue. And uh, it's, for some reason, it feels like not, there's no urgency in it. And this is, these are moments that are, should be filled with that urgency. Like somebody that you know just got killed and, Yes, we saw like the emotional aspect of that, but I think the lack of wording, especially in, in this issue, and to be fair, he doesn't have anybody to really bounce off of. Yeah. But um, it feels like there's, like he's just going through the motion of something. And it's only when he says like uh, Jesus Christ on something that I'm like, oh, it's okay, so something is serious about this person and what's going on here and but otherwise he's just kind of going through emotion and i don't know that that was effective that i was gripping storytelling or engaging storytelling yeah there there's a scene you know where he's with his mother and you know there's some dialogue there and again it's it's really sparse um remender is doing something different he admitted to that that he wanted to try something different with this book um and you know, everything is fine. Like that, that was a, an okay scene, but I just don't, I'm not, I don't care right now. I'm struggling to find the care in the second issue of a book where that was my problem in the first issue. Mm-hmm. You know, it's gotta, it's gotta hook me on an emotional level. And that just hasn't happened. What reason do I have to give a damn about this guy? Yeah. Yeah. Uh- I, I think my feelings for this are still similar to the first one. If this feels like storyboards. Yeah. I just, mm-hmm. there's not enough here. You know, uh, Arujo's work is, is really good. Um, and it's very effective, but like, I don't feel anything for anybody. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I got to be honest, I'm not even sure what happened at the end. I don't I don't think anything's happened yet. Like, but like I'm not go ahead. I'm not even sure what he's what the situation is. You know yeah. like like what's his role in this? Are they going to uh, is it like a a contractor, you know, hit list kind of a thing or Yeah. It just doesn't, nothing is clear. And I don't mean that in like, yeah, obviously there's a mystery unfolding or whatever, but like none of the things that we've been given make sense. Like, is it the case that, so the Neva Romero, right? Neva Morero, Romero. She's a contractor? Or rather, she's an operator or someone they're contracted to kill. She's she's somebody that they're contracted to kill. Like she's the job. Right. Okay. So, yeah. He's he was, I guess, part of the this network or this organization. Mm-hmm. And so that's why he has access to this stuff, or presumably he still is. Right. We don't know. We don't know. Um, and so I guess 
the operator is Mayor Oak, which I'm guessing is the person. The other who, guy at the end. Yeah, right. Who, who like maybe put the hit on and that's what he wants to find out like why this they sent some other person or some other operator the the blue jackal and i guess maybe he wants to know uh who the jackal is and where to find him and so this is one of those moments where i have to ask myself am i just like not reading this closely enough or is this not being you know is the point not being made well enough on the part of the creators because I'm not sure that what you just said is correct, Marco, but I'm not sure it's not. Hmm. Um, like it makes sense, but like. Because no one's saying anything, yeah. <laughs> you know, it, it, I, I don't know. So like we got some we got some feedback on the last review hmm. uh, from people who kind of said like, you know, there's a purpose behind all this. And, you know, Rick Remender is doing something really cool. He's inspired by this, that and the other thing. Um, and I'm I'm down for all of that. I just feel like if you're not going to use dialogue, if dialogue is going to be sparse and there's not going to be any type of internal monologue, then what you get across, the information I need to know has to be explicitly made clear in no uncertain terms. And I'm not sure that I feel that way. Yeah. So that's a knock. It has to Mm be. Um, So, yeah, with this series, I'm really it's just not connecting with me. It's not. Yeah, I don't know what. Same. I don't know what else to say. Like I've never felt this way about a Rick Remender joint before. I love every single thing he's done, but I can't find myself in this. And that's kudos, okay. And kudos to him for trying something else. Like, yeah. No. No knock on that. But like, if I'm not, it. it, it it's funny because when we did the low book club, I'm like, this convinced me that anything that he puts out now, I need to pick up. Mm. And this is literally the next thing that he put out after we did that book club. That I'm like, oh, I need to get it. And I'm like, mm, I don't know, man. You had me for low, but like, I don't know if this is the joint for me. You would get into Tokyo Ghost, probably. I have it. I have it. Okay. Mm. Yeah, that that's good as shit. Okay. That is some good it. as shit. Yeah. I have that. Um, so, yeah, I, I really don't have much else to say. The art is great. The colors are great. It's a really, really, really good looking book. Uh, it's actually probably one of the best looking books on the stands right now. But the story just isn't living up to that at the current moment for me. Yeah, so, agreed. Yeah. I can't say that there's a great reason to continue pulling this. So I would probably say drop it, but I will continue to pull it personally because it's Rick Remender. There's nothing he can do that I won't buy. It's just it's just where where we're at. Mm, yeah. So I'm gonna ride this out. I'd, I'd, I'd drop this. It's, it's not connecting. Mm. Kale, I wouldn't have picked it up in the first place, to be honest. <laughs> All right. <laughs> like I, I, I like Rick Remender, but I mean, uh, you know, it's he's not, he's not a, and a writer I go out of my way for necessarily. Mm. Fair enough. Well, hopefully you guys enjoyed our conversation about these two books. Let us know your thoughts. Unfortunately, we were kind of lukewarm on them both, but uh, it's certainly no shade at the creators involved. They're creators we all uh, have a lot of respect for. So, um, And frankly, based on last, last month, 
you guys liked Righteous Thirst and we were wrong, according to you. So if you still feel that way, write in. If you think this issue improved on what we pointed out last time, write in and let us know your thoughts. And I'm really curious about what what, uh, we spoke about with what's the furthest place and the, the music aspect. What did you listen to while you were reading this? And did the, the musicality, the musical additions of it add anything to, to it for you? Um, write us, write to us at the comicspals at gmail.com. Leave a comment on our YouTube, on the YouTube video you're watching now, youtube.com slash the comics pals, or in the comment section of any podcast hosting platform that you're using right now. There's plenty of ways to get at us. Um, listen to our main show, The Comics Pals, which drops every single Monday. Listen to our reviews of all the other comics tomorrow, Thursday, uh, the Marvel, DC, whatever we get into this week. And check out our review of something we were probably a lot uh, a lot colder on, maybe Eternals. I don't even, I still don't know how I feel about that darn movie. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Image for granting us access to these books until next week take care guys see you